both are going to, you're, you're in a great position here. Because you already know all the things that we're going to go need. And you can help us find them. Oh, well, um, sh- mm, I, mm, I would not go that far. Mm. <laughs> you're not going to help us. Find um, I don't know if you're, a, if you remember how you found me. One does not wind up in that position if one has all of the information desired. Oh. Oh, wow, yeah. So I guess that's one of those life lessons there, that you should learn more things so you don't end up that way again, right? Uh, yes, this is why I'm, I'm observing this, guys. Yes. Um, I know I have worked on translation, and I have some ideas. I am not, however, an antiquarian. I do not know the nature or type of the artifacts and things involved. I can put you on the correct path as I did them, but I do not... No one has a list of things, like a a shopping list for God birth. <laughs> Andrew, you are completely inside my head. Takes <laughs> note to self. Kidnap crossed out. Befriend an antiquarian. <laughs> like literally, what was going through my head? <laughs> it's like, is there one of those on this island? Luckily, you are not alone in such pursuits. Along with the Wolfen, there are, again, a number of groups, some well-funded and organized, some significantly less so, that are walking the same path. They will probably be your competition at some point, but until then, they may be willing to trade knowledge. Or other things. I don't know. I, I've tried to stay out of the whole cult thing. They're everywhere on this island. <laughs> Just lousy with them. You best be leaving in cult stories, boyo. You're in one. I was going to say, I don't have the, the heart to tell him, guess what, buddy? You stopped succeeding in not being in one. So yes, there's the Fossarians, there's the the the. Starless skies, there's all manner of groups attempting some version of the thing that you are doing. Some wish to rebuild ruined statues, some wish to reconsecrate forgotten statues. The woven wish to create gods from whole cloth, or stone, as it were. If you want to know more, it may be beneficial to find, to seek them out and see what they have accomplished. Mm. So Andrew has an idea that could be an interesting job. All right. Um, Which probably doesn't happen tonight, but uh, basically we throw a giant party uh, where we just try to get a bunch of like cult interested folk in and just make a whole bunch of connections and make Zach come up with like 50 NPCs that we talk to exactly once <laughs> and then we just talk to Bennett again next time. 
Andrew, this whole campaign has been a, okay, Zach, if that's what you want, kind of exercise. So mm-hmm. this feels like it fits in. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I would, there are, so just as a, as a sort of meta note, um, A, I'm very bad at like NPC names. B, uh, I only have like two accents and I forget to do those most of the time. <laughs> uh, C, uh, there are going to be, uh, this is an island where one of the major draws is a big garden filled with statues of actual gods. Um, there are going to be weird midnight revels of that sort um, thrown here. Some high society, some naked people in the woods. You're going to have to pick like where on the spectrum you want to go with. Well, it's high society as in rich society and high society as in chemically enhanced society. Yes, yes. Mm. Absolutely. Yeah. Those, are, those are your options. Um, there are also like uh, there's a, once a year there's a there's a uh, gladiatorial games wherein the shiny knights of uh, Fossar uh, find new recruits. So yeah, there are th- that does sound like a fun job. Um, one that I am yes wholly unprepared to implement at this exact moment. So. <laughs> I don't even know if I have an idea for a job right now to put you on the scent of. I think that's kind of what we're pitching here. Is this session was figure yeah. out like the lay of the land and yeah. what's important and what we should focus on next. And that answer yep, seems yep. to be Yeah. What well, uh, like go get high in the woods. And also in the game. With with Yeah, well like go get high in the woods with rich people apparently. That's what this is the the, the circle they're drawing. Well, and like, all right, so Thick is definitely thinking, oh, so there's a bunch of people who have what stuff that I want. Well, the next logical step to this uh-huh. is... <laughs> um, we probably want to wait until we know what we actually want, but... Um... Well, but finding out what they think you might want, right? Yeah. How they think you, the process then, works. I guess. Yeah, actually, Thick just got out of the tune. So... I actually think it's kind of important we figure out if, like, the Garden's a zero-sum game. Which, that's not the way Thick would, would say it, but, like, I feel like he understands the concept of a zero-sum game, right? Are there, is there a fixed number of gods? Is there a single amount that we're all fighting over? Or is cooperation actually somewhat of a possibility? Elamir has been to the Garden, like, pretty recently, too. Yeah, well, and, like, Part of the vibe I got there is it's not strictly a one-to-one spatial relationship thing, right? Yeah, that's not unreasonable as a thing to assume. Do we want to cut forward to the three of us in the garden doing a ritual to, like, assess what we need to know next? Or, like, yeah, figure out what Aiko or Riel or uh, Yolandris Mm -hmm. are like, hey, dipshits this thing hmm. well and actually do we want that pitch that just as like the next job is us trying to figure out where we need to work in the garden because like i think the position was important is one of the things that elamir found it out last time yeah well there, there are definitely like different places you can do this in the gardens yeah, yeah and some I of mean... them are claimed yeah sorry go ahead 
I'm kind of assuming Elamir's already thinking along the lines of all of the, his... The parents already have statues here. You might as well put the kid with them, too. Ooh, that's a good point. Yeah. Well, and there then you, you have to do the uh, the symbolic thing of the statues. This rock marbled with this other rock. Mm-hmm. Well, and, like, I don't know. I guess we kind of have to figure out some of what the god's actually going to be a god of. Okay, it's like if he's just like daddy, we probably have to. I don't know, go piss on the statue of some god that hates him. <laughs> um, but like, if he's gonna be more like mom, I don't even know how I would do that. Well, the I think uh, an in, a thing that I don't know if I properly put across while Elmer was in the garden uh, this last time was that his parents' statues are back away from the rest of the pantheons right oh yeah and i would expect that they're probably not going to be they would probably rather their kid was like a legit elven deity like a legit Uh, god mm. so might be a thing that comes up later (laughs) um so what you're saying is the millennial gods want their kid to actually have their own house inside the real neighborhood, <laughs> not just to have to share their space forever? Yes, exactly. Okay. All right. So now, so yeah, I have this like vision of like a final scene here where the three of you at least have gone to the garden and are back. Elamir has led everyone back to the statues uh, of uh, Riel and Ilandris. Mm-hmm. And a few others. They're not alone back here in this, like, slightly creepier version of the Elven Pantheon that's divided by not quite a wall of of brambles. Uh, Mm -hmm. But there's only... There there are a few others back here, but they're equally, like, not... uh, Not... They definitely feel apart, right, from the rest of the group. Okay. Uh... And as you're there, I imagine that uh, the three of you are... Well, so how... All three of you are like some sort of directly connected to the divine being. What does... What does piety look like? Is it a thing that you're doing right now? I think to pop it, piety is... Uh, action or praxis. Okay, okay. I think Poppet, like, there's a distinction between doing the works and figuring out what those should be. Okay, okay. And, like, so Thick comes at it from the wrong direction, but yeah, he is kind of viewing it like a leg breaking operation of how do I get my guy in here? Okay, okay. Uh, well, that's <laughs> what he did for a century. So he's like, okay, so, <laughs> you know, there's some vulnerability over here we could wedge open, and, <laughs> you know. Okay. I barely even heard of that god, so maybe we can push them a little off to the side. And <laughs> it's not very echoey. It might be a little juggernauty, but. Yes, definitely, that definitely feels like a juggernaut job for sure. <laughs> Um, okay, and Elamir, what are back in this garden? What is your demeanor? What is your approach? What? How? What? How do you feel here before I start 
doing a thing. I think once again, he or Elamir kind of falls back on their military upbringing, if you will. Mm-hmm. Where they, you know, sort of standing, you know, with a carriage in its carriage to, you know, not being sloppy. Okay. Okay. Um, so, with the three of you sort of existing here, looking around, uh, observing the things, um, you all three notice the wind shift and a darkness fall over this portion of the garden. Um, and it becomes very claustrophobic almost it's like the the appearance like it almost looks like a dream sequence where you have been isolated in this like chunk of a garden you can't see outside of it because there's like yeah encroaching darkness but it's not like a scary encroaching darkness right like it's a protective encroaching darkness um and the statue of Elandris, this uh, this mother figure, is tall and made of white marble, um, and she has just giant axe with a crescent moon for a blade. Um, and the statue starts to move, and there's sort of this crunching and cracking noise as... She uproots herself from the the pedestal that she's on and steps down. And this statue's like nine feet tall. And she's regarding you all. Well, I guess nine feet tall isn't that big for thick. We're going to say like 12 feet tall, right? And she regards all of you sort of dispassionately but directly... And you don't sense any sort of any sort of menace from her. She stands still on the ground off her pedestal, staring at you for a slightly uncomfortable amount of time. Before she abruptly turns away from you and walks towards the darkness that's on the like that marks the edge of this little encounter. Are you all three observing? Are you trying to communicate? What is? What are you doing? I think Alamir would show a sign of respect, uh, you know, a bow or something to okay. acknowledge the the goddess and probably follow follow her if possible. Okay, okay. Um, Pop it and thick. Poppet's doing that thing that kids do where they sit on the ground, but they can't sit still, so they're, like, swaying around. Um, okay. And then when okay. Elamir gets up to follow, Poppet's like, oh, I should, I should like, and, like, gets up and doesn't want to be left behind. Yeah, it's like a, oh, are we leaving thing? Uh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, so uh, she walks to the edge of where this this sort of protective darkness has enclosed the scene and she kneels on on the stones 
that have like there's a stone mosaic on the ground um uh, just a, a scene of let's say like an elven harvest scene let's say but it's chipped and broken and gross and old and nobody's taking care of it and it's fallen into disrepair and she kneels on the ground and she reaches her big stone hands and just sort of plows into the ground through this mosaic into the ground and pulls up a marble in roughly the same cast as her fruit and she turns and and holds it out for you to see and she takes it and walks towards her statue and the statue of her, of her husband and somewhere between the two of them but not directly like sort of not quite a little off center uh takes this fruit and in my head it's an avocado because we decided they're millennials smears <laughs> <laughs> it on some divine toast you're welcome she takes and she opens she just pulls Puts one hand on either side of this fruit and pulls it open and it separates in a not quite perfect line down the middle and pulls it open and there is a inside of this fruit as she moves the halves away there's a moat of light that just sort of sits where the pit of this avocado I guess would have been right in the air and that mode of light as she stands there and she's like looking directly at, let's say, Elamir, right? Over the scene. And that mode of light sort of drifts to the ground. And as it impacts this, again, sort of scarred up, broken mosaic on the ground, um, there is a flash of silver light and a tiny tree sprouts, like three or four inches tall. And it looks, those of you who were in the the uh, mountain village will remember that everything had this like tree motif, right? Oh, that's right. The uh, the church had the church was carved to look like a tree. There was a giant tree over the shrine that the hole to the great old one was in, um, and it looks like a tiny version of that tree. And uh, and its roots are cracking the ground and the mosaic around it. And then suddenly the sky turns back to like an afternoon sky. The statue is no longer standing where it is. And it's as though none of this ever happened. The sort of protective feeling of darkness dissipates. And once again, you're in this garden that's like slightly creepy, but not malevolent towards you, filled with these disgraced elven deities. Uh, and I'm assuming the the tree is gone, or is it still there where the mosaic was? Is there is no tree there? There is, however, the mosaic itself is is cracked and broken in a way that you would associate with roots in that place. Okay. I see we just got shown the tutorial. Yeah. And, 
we have to find the magic avocado. (laughs) It's probably not that direct, but yes, that was generally (laughs) what you've just been shown. Um, I will leave it to all of your various weird interpretations of your various religions uh, to, to what as to what you just saw. But that is, there was definitely one of your sort of patron deities was just attempting to con- to communicate with you about what the plan is from here. Hmm. I really want to know if we're going to make some kind of weird tree marble statue thing. Well, no, it's it's going to start as a pit, and it's going to grow into a marble tree. Oh, that would make sense. It's just yeah. a literal marble that you have to plant? Yeah, it's a cat's eye. Well, I mean, what else did mm-hmm. we expect? Yeah. Like, it's where marble comes from. It grows out of yeah. trees after people lose their marbles. And then the seeds hatch. But... Right. <laughs> That uh, all checks out. That's why. That's why they build quarries on old elementary yeah. schools. And then elementary schools where quarries used to be. Maybe that's just Ontario. Uh huh. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Um. Yeah. So that was that was the most exposition I've done in a while. Yeah. Does anybody have any questions they would like answered that I'm willing to answer right now? So I don't want to just tell you what to do. But... No, I think I think next steps is make contact with some group that knows or is also walking the same sort of path that we're on and either copy their homework or if they're wolves, uh, beat them up and steal their homework. Oh my god, we're going to steal homework from a dog. <laughs> we're going to roll it up, we're going to hit him on the nose with it, and then we're going to steal it. <laughs> What what excuse do Wolven use? Who eats Wolven homework? <laughs> do you think they just have like family pets that are people? No, they have cats. Uh, monkeys. <laughs> <laughs> but like large cats, like lions and tigers and not bears. Not bears. They have bears. Oh my. I guess it would make sense if they had bears, though, right? That's just an escalation. Like, if they, if people have yeah. dogs, then dog yeah. people have bears? I mean, possibly. I imagine they just have bigger dogs. Yeah. Okay. That would be weird. We don't, we don't keep, like, little monkeys in our houses. Some people keep... do. <laughs> well. <laughs> Those people are weird and they get diseases, but... Well, yeah, and, like, chimps are dangerous. But that's shit. the thing, right? Like, like... <laughs> We don't keep monkeys in our houses because monkeys are like unpredictable, very strong creatures with primate brains, and that's all bad for us, right? Yeah. We keep yeah. dogs because dogs are very predictable. Yeah. Well, it's like the whole thing with zebras. Like, no, 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 no. Nobody keeps zebras as like the same way you keep a horse because the zebra would end up killing mm-hmm. you or at least trying to eat you. I just yeah. I just rewatched that episode of Jujutsu Kaisen where uh, Panda's fact sheet is once to one day punch a zebra. I I think I figured out <laughs> what animals the wolven keep actually. They keep geese. Uh oh. <laughs> Wait, are the wolven British? Are they just standing up for a Christmas dinner? Well, they're Roman. Yeah. But Romans became the British, sort of, right? 
They just left. They left all their infrastructure, and then the British took over. But that was a good idea. Let's try to do that for a while. All right. Uh, yeah. So um, we just brought the episode full circle. Just to put it out there, we <laughs> sure we did. Which uh, remember, fuck the British. Just to put it out there, you folks have already come into contact, sort of, with a group of people who are doing this thing, and they are the Shiny Knights. Oh, sure. And you, all, some of you already have information to that extent. I was also going to say um, there's another cult that Poppet is aware of and possibly spearheading. It's true. It's true. But I don't know how, like, they're the baby, the baby time, or like the... The baby they know less than we of, do. Of, of, yeah. yeah, they got nothing. This That's like cult preschool as opposed to this stuff. Um, but yeah, the guy who died, uh, Bertrand, in the uh, mountain village had correspondence with a Fasarian knight about various things that are sort of of this nature. The guys in the shiny shiny plate mail, their whole deal is resurrecting a god. They've been at it for a minute too, haven't they? Like I think I think uh, officially in the universe, it's like three hundred years they've been working on it. They also have some very specific thoughts about the time frame they have to get it done in. So that could be fun. Yeah, we'll call it there then. So, uh, for those of you listening who made it this far, thank you. I know I rambled a lot. I apologize. Next time we'll get back to some action. We just needed to set the stakes and sort of point ourselves in a direction because, yeah, that's where we got to go. In the game, in this game, in Blades in the Dark, the the crew has to tell me what's happening, and they can't do that if I haven't told them what they need to do. So. That's where we'll start next time, probably, huh? It's the circle of story. Circle of strife. Ooh. Um, Maybe it is the dueling thing. Elamir, you want to fuck up some silver knights in a ritual combat? <laughs> I don't know if I could. I believe in you. Also, you have god swords. That's true. It would be a good way to get their attention. Yeah. Now, whether or not you want that attention is a completely well, different like, discussion. Thick and I can blend, or I can do social stuff and. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> blending. It's a very skill good. we have. I have three dice in sway. I'm very charismatic. Yeah, but you start at like, you, <laughs> your starting position for blending in in a crowd is going to be like, I don't know, capable of great things. Also, you're a puppet, so. I have a disguise kit. You're not actually a puppet. Exactly. <laughs> I can make myself look like a slightly different kind of doll. You're gonna look like a real boy. Oh god. Yeah, that's that's like the best disguise kit, right? Like like granny changes from a, a granny to a giant troll, and your alternate form is just a little person. <laughs> a little human person. No, granny's child. The exactly. granny's ward. Or, yeah. In a little sailor suit. He's cute. He came to stay with me for the summer. <laughs> I do have fine clothes. Uh, just 
He just came to stay with me for the summer. You understand? Yeah. His goddamn hipster parents needed to go to <laughs> Palladium's Prague. And here we are. Uh, Alright. Uh, I think I'm going to press the stop button. Right, that's a good plan. Thanks for listening, everybody. We'll uh, Next time, we will beat up some knights, beat up some wolves, steal from somebody, go make introductions to a cult. It'll be a good time. What we're promising you is violence of some sort. Probably. Yes, whether it's physical, social, or emotional. Some kind of violence. True. Good night. Good night. That D&D podcast is released under a Creative Commons 4.0 attribution, non-commercial, no derivatives license. Feel free to share with friends, but don't cut anything out and don't sell our work. Please visit us at thatdndpodcast.com or on Twitch or YouTube at That D&D Podcast. Intro music is Dark Matter by M33 Project and is available on the Free Music Archive. M33 Project can also be found on YouTube and Instagram. Outro music is Betrayed by Scott Holmes Music. This and other works by Scott Holmes Music can be found on the Free Music Archive, SoundCloud, or scottholmesmusic.com. The Palladium Fantasy RPG, written by Kevin Ciambietta, is owned and published by Palladium Books. All other copyrighted content is owned by its associated copyright holder. Mm-hmm.